0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Motor City Hoops Podcast, an entertaining, fresh take on the three time NBA champs, the Detroit Pistons.
1: Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Motor City Hoops. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, knuck if you buck hashtag lakers blazing the path spanning the spurs x's and o's nba breakdown thunderous applause and the la hoops report plus our coaching focused podcasts Drive with trevor huffman beyond the ball the CoachMaze.com podcast players court and bleachers and boards oh and don't forget to check out our flagship the Hoopheads podcast Hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game from grassroots to the NBA.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Motor City Hoops podcast. Today we'll talk about our last three games, two losses against the Hawks and Warriors and about our first win of the year against the Boston Celtics. We'll talk about the players' individual performances and what they mean for the future of this franchise. Then we'll move around the league and talk about Jokic's start of the season, about Melo passing Tim Duncan for the all-time scoring list, about Mark showing his potential and of course about Becky Hammond taking over the Spurs bench after Pops gets thrown out. Then we'll close out with a few updates on the next three, four games. But well, Bryce, I'm super excited about today because we get to talk about a win, man. <laughs> a win, we won let's go! Game. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Actually, it yes. was unexpected. If you remember last week, I was talking. Yeah. I was like, I thought the Warriors going to be that game, and
2: yes, we all thought you know, we all picked the Warriors or maybe the Celtics second game. But I don't think anybody pegged this first game as the win.
0: No, absolutely not this one. And I, I didn't think we had nuts, but a 96-93 win. I was. And I've been impressed with us the whole week. Okay, I understand the loss against the Hawks and the Warriors. And, um, you know, I was actually impressed in the first game with the Hawks because yes. I honestly expect to be a blowout. I even blowout. said it. And, you know, Blake out and we, oh, too many play that and night They're day playing day. so well. and yes. They play so well. I was impressed, honestly. I thought, like, that was, like, kind of like the awakening. We're on the path. We're on a good path. What do what, what was your thoughts about? Let's you know first. Let's go back to win, man. I want to talk about the win. Yeah. What was your thoughts against the Celtics? Uh, I was I, a little bit un- I th- unexpected, too. Yeah, definitely unexpected. You catch Boston
2: with back coming off back to back wins, one of the better three point shooting teams in the league, and we haven't defended the three well. You know, going back, if if we want to talk about the Hawks game, the Hawks shot it really well, and and two really. I don't know if they're superstars, but two stars on that team in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And, and they've led the way for that team. And Brown was coming off a 42 point game. And it, uh, Blake Griffin not playing again. But I thought we came out and, and we're going to catch some teams like this because this team is going to play hard every night, no matter what. And Isaiah Stewart coming off the bench is like this burst of energy i was really glad he continued to get those minutes even with oka four back and we jumped on him early and then if you follow pistons twitter at all the fan base started to get nervous in the fourth quarter and we actually lost the lead early in the fourth and it was great to see this team respond and go get a win and i don't want to say boston missed some shots i don't think we saw the best boston team but well
0: you mentioned that you know Atlanta shot forty-eight percent from three, and then Boston ends up shooting what thirty? No, uh, give me twenty-five percent, twenty-five point eight. Yeah, so that's huge for us. Like yeah, like you said, just defending the three-point line in general, it was huge for us this game.
2: I I thought our defensive rotations were really good, and. You know, a lot of people crush the NBA saying those guys don't play D. And it, it's really, really hard to play defense in the NBA because the, the people are so talented, so athletic, can shoot it and the floor is space so much. I thought we had some really good defensive focus, some defensive rotations. And your guy, Sadiq Bey, man, that, that guy's becoming a fan favorite and he looks like a vet. <laughs> I don't mean to take, yes. I, I was, I was reading through your notes and I don't want to take away from what you want to say, but that guy looks like a vet on the floor. His shot looks really good, and if he can figure out how to finish in the lane, if that continues to get better, that guy's going to be really good.
0: Absolutely. And I, what I love about Sadiq Bey, and I said I love it from the get-go, it's a 3 and D guy, you know, and he has the height, 6'8". You know, he can guard Jason Tatum and Brown, and that's why I love Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bey on the floor yes. together. It's, yep. you know, it, it's a nightmare for, you know, you have a 3 and 4 that can switch everything. You know, they're very similar uh, defensively. You know, they have the length. And, you know, like Casey said, you know, uh, this is to quote Coach Casey. He said he's depending on his teaching from Villanova and his defensive presence, his defensive feel, his defensive disposition is unbelievable. And this yep. is exactly what they've been saying from day one. They want to, you know, that's our anchor right now. That's defense is going to lead to offense is going to lead us to win some games. And, you know, I, I've been impressed with City Base since he got on the floor of the Hawks. Um, like I said, I think he has a huge potential. He has the potential, like you said, once he starts finishing the lane, he can be very, very good. He can uh, not just help us, I think he can become a great player for us. And I love the lineup with Josh Jackson, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, for example. Those three on the say. floor. You, yeah, you were
2: talking about Bay and Grant, but then you had Jackson at the two, and Jackson could play definitely play the three, probably can't play the four, but those three guys are very, very interchangeable. And Killian, with his height at the one, like you got four guys out there that are really long pretty athletic you know those guys grab rebounds they have chased down blocks they can help protect the rim a little bit i really really i i get really excited about jackson bay and grant like the only thing that makes me nervous right now is that we only signed josh jackson to a two-year deal like now i look (laughs) back at that deal you know what i'm saying though like i I don't want him to come have a two-year two-year breakout two really good years where he breaks out and then he leaves in free agency but Hopefully the fact that this is his home his home team and we gave him a chance to resurrect his career will help us whenever that time comes. And, and we don't need to be talking that far forward. But that, that core of those guys on the wing is really, really
0: exciting. Well, we can talk first of all. I want to talk to about Weaver because I've been a fan since day one. He's known, you know, as a great GM as far as like seeing mm-hmm. the future in players and like how good they're gonna be in the future. And, you know, just seeing that potential. And right now, the free agent signing, they look great. Josh Jackson, I mean, he might be the steal of the free agency. He might be the steal of the free agency, honestly. He has a great
2: chance of being most improved player. I really believe that. If we win enough games, we're going to have to win more
0: than what we might. But if we win enough games, he has a chance for that. And honestly, I feel like you know it's like going to Vegas and you just win the jackpot, like just poof, yep. like your first try, you know. Wow, you signed Josh yep. Jackson. It's a gamble, hometown kid. Boom, just I mean, just amazing what he's doing right now. And I'm very happy for him, you know. Maybe, but sometimes if you think about it, do you think the since we're gonna go into Markel Fools later, do you think that the pressure got to him maybe in the beginning yeah, as a rookie I mean- and he wasn't ready? Not physically or talent-wise. I'm saying like ready mentally.
2: Yeah, that's a big part of it. You get thrust into those situations and those expectations. Um, You see it with all kinds of guys, guys that are number one overall picks. And they have great NBA careers or NFL careers or baseball careers or whatever whatever sport it is. But because they were the number one overall pick, then the expectations are a certain thing. It's just like right now with Killian Hayes. Because Killian was pick number seven, his expectations for his performances are much, much higher, and and probably rightfully so, than what they are for Bay and Stewart. So, yeah, I think Josh Jackson probably had, there was high expectations. He quote unquote didn't live up to him. And we've talked about this. He came home. He's comfortable. He has guys like Draymond Green loving him up on Twitter. You know, that was all over Twitter because Draymond was watching the Hawks, uh, Pistons game and tweeting at Josh Jackson. And so I think he, to me, he looks comfortable and confident. You can see it. I feel like you can the, – the one guy, and I know we're going to talk about this a lot today, the one guy that doesn't look comfortable yet to me is Killian Hayes. But Josh Jackson looks comfortable. Sadiq looks comfortable. Jeremy Grant. I'll be honest. I wasn't all in on Jeremy Grant. Now, we're playing for the four <laughs> like I've said since the beginning, but he's starting to look comfortable and I think that's a huge. You know this. It's about rhythm and flow and comfortability. Whenever, a, whenever a basketball player finds that, his confidence and his effic- efficiency skyrockets.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I saw that uh, Harvey Grant, his dad, said something. How he was always a role player. If yep. you take it back to high school, he played the math of high school. Uh, okay. Okay. COVID. Yeah. Okay. So powerhouse. And he played with Quinn Cook, Old Depot and his brother Jerian. So he was gotcha. a role player in that team. Quinn Cook, yep. Old Depot were the go-to guys. So yes. he was a role player in high school. Yep. Then he went, um, he went and played at Syracuse. Role player, uh, it, right? It, I mean, Tyler Ennis was there. It, it was he was still a role player. Then he got drafted by Denver, but. What's crazy about Grant, he always improved. They knocked down his shooting. Now he's shooting the ball amazing. And now they kind of, the summer, okay, they didn't knock it down, but they said that, why are you paying him this big bucks? And I'll let him talk right now, Grant. So he said, I'm still getting used to the new team. I think we'll be fine. It's definitely a bigger role for me. That's one of the reasons why I came here. Just like I said in the first episode the second one, I don't remember exactly, but he wanted this. He wanted this yes. challenge. And he's growing as a player Since high school, right? So role playing high school, role player Syracuse, and then he developed his shooting, right? Knocked down. Okay, he's an athlete, but he can't shoot the ball. Now he can shoot the ball, and now it's okay. Can he play one on one? Can he be your go to guy? Can he close games? And he's doing that. Just that he's top five for the Pistons, most points scored in the first five games. I saw that. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, Vlad, he's top
2: twenty in the NBA in scoring right now. So everybody <laughs> that wants to crush that contract, Jeremy Grant, I think I looked this up last episode is like number 56 or 57th paid player in the league, 56 or fifty seventh, And he's top 20 in the score scoring at NBA. Like again, depending on how many games we win, I know there, I don't know if there's going to be a true all-star game this year or not, but like, he may be an all-star. Like if we get an all-star, it's going to be Jeremy Grant. And, like you said, his game continues to improve. And you talked about it where he said he wants to continue to develop his game. I love that mentality because he could have easily stayed in Denver where he was comfortable and been a role player and been on a team that was more successful. And he wanted to go get out of his comfort zone. And I love that. You've worked with high school kids, college kids. I coach high school kids right now. I think it's the biggest thing that holds kids back is they refuse to get out of their comfort zone. If they're really good shooters, that's all they want to do. If they're really good drivers, they don't want to shoot, you know, That's how I was as a player. That's why my game never grew to where it should have. It's because I was a really good shooter and I wanted to stay in my comfort zone. You know, and Coach Brennan tried to have me out here doing all this other stuff and it made me uncomfortable. I love that Jeremy Grant's comfortable getting out of his comfort zone and wants to see how far he can go with his game.
0: Honestly, just to speak from my own experience, is I've been seeking that too as a player. You know, when I transferred from George Mason to American University, it's what I was seeking. You know, I had the option to go to NC State and I chose, I was like okay, but I don't want to be a role player the rest of my life, so if I'm going to do something, it has to be now. And I feel like Grant's moment was now, you know, because then do you get too old and then you get yeah, that, exactly. okay, I'm just – yeah. you know, he signed out a three-year deal at Denver, you know, he ends up being too old to kind of just develop this killer, you know, I'm I'm the go-to guy on the team. So and he was he never going to be, stuck be in that, in that role. Denver. His, exactly. his game so was he's gonna never going to be
2: able to, I mean, we'll talk about Jokic later. And and I don't – Vlad, I don't think Denver I'm, – I'm sure Denver offered him money, supposedly the same amount maybe. It was the same contract.
0: And, yep, it was the same contract.
2: And But I don't blame Denver for not offering him more or trying to keep him more because they don't need the version of Jeremy Grant that we need. They have Jokic. They have Michael Porter Jr. They have Jamal Murray. Like, they have those guys they have Bull Bull to develop and all that. So I don't think Denver necessarily made, you know, people will eventually crush Denver for letting him go if he turns into what it looks like he's going to. I don't think that's necessarily fair. I think it worked out for everybody. The Pistons needed this. Jeremy Grant wanted this. Hopefully he can grow into a star as we grow in, at, through this rebuild. Um, and it's just, it's really exciting. You know, like, I love seeing Pistons' Twitter. You know, be so excited about watching these games.
0: Yeah, because when you have a bad team, usually you don't expect this. But exactly, it's the same thing. It goes back to Coach Casey and Weaver when they said, you know, we're going to go through a rebuild but we want to be competitive in the rebuild. And I think that's a great mentality because once you get tanked, you know, like once you tank and then you keep losing and you develop a certain mentality. So yes. now I see also what Coach Casey was saying that he's still trying to win these games and not necessarily just you know lose them so you get a certain pick whereas you want to build this mentality you know if, if you want to be a playoff team a, a contender you know two three years down the road four years down the road you can't have this type of mentality as Killian hayes and sadiq bay are developing jeremy grant is developing you don't want them to be in like uh okay i'm gonna get my stats and we're probably yeah. gonna lose you know yeah. we're, we're st- that he's still preaching like we're trying to win games guys like Okay, we're not the best team out there, but we're going to try to win games our way. You know, we're going to do defensively, rebound, and rebound. run, and, you know, we're, we're going to do it by committee in some ways, and Jeremy's going to develop, slowly develop into that closer, you know, that, you know, the guy that we need, that, that Kawhi Leonard for the Raptors, that, you know, I think that's that's his, his goal, you know, to be like Kawhi was for the Raptors, because I think, honestly, I don't know if he has the same potential as Kawhi offensively, but... He has the same tools from from what I've seen.
2: The, the one thing I would say with Jeremy Grant is I don't know that he's going to be, you know, however long this is down the road, three, four years, whenever we really start competing in the playoffs and hopefully starting to be competing for a championship and all that. You know, whenever that – I don't know that Jeremy Grant is our number one. I still believe this – that our number one, our superstar franchise player comes in the 2021 draft. I think that's the pick that Troy Weaver has to nail. Troy Weaver has done an amazing job. Free agents have pretty much all been really good moves. You could question Okafor. The draft looks really good. People are starting to question Killian Hayes a little bit. It's too early to do that. But that 2021 draft pick coming up, whoever that is, Cade Cunningham, Suggs, Green, whoever it ends up being, I think that's the guy that has to be a superstar for us.
0: Absolutely. And I agree with you. It's that or nail a free agent down yes, the road. Yeah, uh, of course. Especially when, yeah. when Blake's contract is up. I think that's when we're going to have uh, some flexibility right there. But you brought up Hayes. And I get it. But we're not being patient at all. It's five no, games, not. it's no preseason. Rose keeps saying, it's like the second or third time I heard him, I was like, kid, I know Summer League games. Kid, you know, like. And. He's not transitioning to a Sadiq Bey role. He's not transitioning to a Stewart role. He's the floor general. He's your point guard. So it's a lot more pressure on him, too, than, okay, Sadiq Bey is sitting in the corner, you know, knocking down his shots, playing good defense. It's very different. You know, it's a different type of pressure, too. And I, I agree. If you're the seventh pick and they have these expectations, I get it. But... Even Casey said it, and I've said it quite a few times. He had, he needed time to adjust last year from France to Germany. Just imagine that he needs time right now to adjust from, you know, European basketball to NBA basketball because it's very different. It's a different pace. It's a different help side. It's different rules. You're not allowed to be in the defensive three seconds for, you know, more than three seconds. So yeah. it's very, very different. And well, we even, also have even to, Anthony you know, he's Edwards gets American, but – you know, he's dad's American, but he's lived in France his whole life, so he still yeah. needs to adjust to this. Like to me, I just I'm, I'm just gonna keep preaching this that we need to give him time. He needs time. Yep. He needs time, and time doesn't mean two weeks. Unfortunately for him.
2: Yeah. And I think it's hard because we have seen Sadiq play so well. And then Isaiah Stewart has, has taken advantage of the time he's getting, but their roles are completely different. You're a hundred percent right. And what I was going to say is even Anthony Edwards is coming off the bench in Minnesota. You know, it's not like he's starting with the ball in his hands. You know, they have veteran guard, you know, D'Angelo Russell ahead of him. You know, handling the ball, making shots, being aggressive. Cole Anthony, you've brought up how much you like Cole Anthony, but again, coming off the bench. Even LaMelo Ball's coming off the bench in Charlotte, you know? So everybody wants to look at all look at his success, his success, his success. But none of them are you know, if Killian was coming off the bench, like in the Hawks game, and puts up 10 points and seven assists, people would be raving about it. But since we've thrust him into the starting point guard role, it, you know, it's it's easy to take shots at him. Are there times I don't think he's looked very well? Of course. I think he's struggled a little bit. He seems to have a knack for missing short when he gets in the lane, but I feel like that's something that can be fixed. My biggest concern with him is Marcus Smart and Peyton Pritchard really got up in him in the Boston game. And he really, really looked uncomfortable with their physicality on him on the ball. And he wasn't really able to go by. Um, but you know, so yeah. there seems to be a lack of like quickness and explosiveness, maybe. But I'm not worried about him. He's going to be fine.
0: No, I, I think so too. I think he's going to be fine. I think also, like I said, that his discount report is out. He's very lefty oriented yes. as far right now, right now. So you take that away from him, you put a lot of pressure like Marcus Smart does for. He, he's done that at the NBA level for many years. And he's really good so at it. It's exactly he's really good at it. So he got a rookie that you know is left-hander oriented that doesn't he's not comfortable out there so of course he's gonna put him you know through hell that's his ticket to a bunch of easy points and all that stuff so it's you know we we have to live with that because we're that kind of team where we trusted our rookie point guard you know and to be the face of the franchise for next few years so we'll, we'll have to live and see but i think he'll be fine but then let's go to Stewart. I know you've been preaching to play Stewart, and yeah. I want to hear what not? Have to not. It's the one thing I've been right about. Right, Casey. Casey just keeps saying that you know he it reminds him of Rodman, and you know he's he, he has a lot of upside. Honestly, yeah. yeah, he seems and 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 from what I've read, from what I've seen, also is I think he has he could have. A lot of upside, and I think he's definitely the most raw out of all three rookies, yes. as far yes. as just like he, he, like Hayes Bay is very polished, and we very. we touched on that about Nova and all that stuff, and you can see it's polished, and Hayes had a lot of potential. You, you can see the European uh, stuff and all that, but just seems like crazy energy, high <laughs> motor, and just raw. Like he has. He has he, he shot one mid range that looked actually pretty good and I was like okay yeah. like and his free throws just, look good you've talked about that from the beginning yeah exactly so I think he has upside a, a big upside what what's your take on Stewart now let me hear yeah it. I, I agree because you've been right you've been right Bryce <laughs> yeah I mean I, I go back to it you know that
2: the the quote that that sold me on Stewart you know and I looked up his college stats and you know he had great stats but they didn't win. But when he said he was going to expose guys if they would have had the draft uh, combine, you know that that really got me kind of liking him. Like that he had that. Now a guy that says that either is going to himself get exposed or he just has the mentality that he's going to go out and outwork you and make you look bad doing it. And honestly, that's what he does. Somebody on Twitter today posted. That, you know, he leads the league in offensive rebounds. Isaiah Stewart in his little minutes off the bench leads the league in offensive rebounds. But the more impressive stat, it broke it down to contested offensive rebounds. And he had one more contested offensive rebound per game than the next guy. So it's, he's not just getting offensive rebounds because he's in the right position or his guy helps. And, you know, he's standing alone on the backside. Like he's just outworking people. And that's something that's sustainable in the NBA. Like, even if he doesn't develop anything else Vlad, he's a 10 and 10 guy. Even if he does if he develops nothing else, he can go get a few offensive rebound put back, make a jump shot, get fouled, go make free throws cuz his free throw form does look good. But you're right, like he looks very raw out there and if he can develop some of that skill set throughout the season and the off season, hopefully training camp and all that stuff comes back next year. Again, I think with the 16th pick, we found a 10-year starting five-man. You know, after with the 18th pick, finding a 10-year starting wing in Sadiq Bay, like yeah, Troy Weaver, yeah. man.
0: Absolutely. There you go. Back to Troy Weaver. He's done a fabulous job. And just look at Stewart's numbers, you know. Five rebounds against Boston in 18 minutes. Seven rebounds against Golden State in 23 minutes. Eight rebounds against Atlanta in 14 minutes. Five out of those offensive. Yep. So he gives you a lot. And just looking at his plus minus, I mean, the Golden State game, he was a plus 10. Otherwise, he was... Yeah, he was a plus 10, and then otherwise, you know, in Boston he was a minus 5, with Atlanta minus 4. So it's not like it's hurting us, clearly. So the teams are right there when he's on the floor. And, I, you know, I'm, I keep thinking, I know they said Dennis Rodman, but I'm like Ben Wallace, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, It's just that type of guy that we, we wanted and we needed in Detroit. I think he's going to be a fan favorite. He one race, We're back allowed in the gym. I think okay. I mean, once we're like allowed in the gym again, you know. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah. You see all those, uh, you know, all those signs, stuff like that for Stewart because he's he, he's the you know he's he's that type of the guy that Detroit wants and needs. And I, I love the pick, you know. I love the pick from the get go. I don't think he was ready, and we we tend to forget also that even though he comes from college, he's old, he only 19 He's only nineteen. You know he's 19 years old, so it's it's not like he's an old rookie or. But honestly, to average five and seven after the last, in his first three games, I, I honestly didn't expect that. And I just thought about this. He he takes a little bit heat
2: because he doesn't seem like he seems like he gets lost defensively. But Washington plays that two three zone. They have that Syracuse two three zone. So he may not have played a lot of man to man. Or, or didn't play a lot of man-to-man in college, so yep, he's exactly. he's adjusting to playing man-to-man in the NBA as well. So th- I, I wouldn't call him a shot blocker. I don't you you don't see him get a lot of block shots, but he does contest things. You know, he just because cont- he has yeah, energy. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so, um, a couple games you saw him really contest things, and I think that is a benefit. You know, your guy Mason Plumley, I think, has done a lot of really good things. I was just
0: things. gonna touch on Mason Plumley, man. <laughs> thing, I was
2: just. The- I knew we couldn't go. Let me check how far into we. Uh, Twenty-three minutes in, we haven't talked about Mason Plumley yet, so it was time. There's a twenty-five minute for all the listeners. There's a twenty-five minute rule. I think it's written somewhere in Motor City Hoops podcast rules that we have to talk about Mason Plumley before the twenty-five minute mark. But
0: I'm itching. I'm itching. Let's talk about Plumley, man. I've been. I mean, he's. he's you like great what for he's us. doing still yeah i love what he's doing i don't think I, I think it's exactly what we signed up for i mean he averaged four assists right now eight points four assists and 11 rebounds and what i love about him is okay the, the same intangibles and uh we knew he doesn't block a ton of shots and sure. you know we knew he's in the right position but i love the rebounding honestly it's, yes he's he he a on the rebound again and he's Talks very him. efficient offensively and he's very efficient. Other than the Golden State game, when he struggled, he was over 5. I mean, he shot, you know, Minnesota, he was 7 for 8. Then he was 3 for 6, 4 for 4, you know, 3 for 5. So he's very he's efficient. He doesn't have a ton of shots, uh, you know, and he does what he does. And he rebounds, and he's had some, you know, other than the last two games, he's had some terrific passing games, you know, 6 assists, 5 assists, 6 assists. And what he, what he lacks, I think, is, okay, the shot blocking ability which I think he lacks, but also he makes up with that with steals. I feel like for a center, you know, he's had two games with three steals, Atlanta and Cleveland, and he's had Boston with two steals. So I don't think he's our ideal starting center if we're going to compete and try to be, you know, winning a championship or uh, be a top team in the East at some point. But I think for what we need right now and, and the money they gave him, I think he's great for us. Like I said, is, I don't see anybody in the free agency that could have taken this money and had the same role on this team with the same intangibles, okay? Not just the stats, okay? Because we're looking at Hassan Weissad, for example. He might give you more. But is he the same mentor for these young guys that we have around, you know?
2: Sure. No, I, I agree with all that, Vlad. I, I think I like to clown... Plumley a little bit. I think <laughs> I think I think Pistons in general. He's a dookie, you know, and so th- those guys are easier <laughs> to go after, just like Grayson Allen, you know, and Christian Leitner and all that stuff. So <laughs> but, you know, against the Hawks, he has 9, 12, and 6. You know, that's filling up the stat sheet. What he have? 15 rebounds against the Celtics or something like that. So he is rebounding the ball. He passes the ball. I think there is some growing frustration that it seems like the offense plays through him a little more than what people would like still but that's nitpicking. You're right. He's not going to contest things (laughs) high at the rim, but when somebody's driving, he's pretty good. It's kind of a guard thing, but he does it, I think, because he knows he's not a high riser. You know, he'll swipe down at the ball and get a steal or get it to bounce off their own knee. So for this team, he does fine. He is Isaiah Stewart probably isn't ready to be starting, you know, and it, it, it all fits better, you know, in, in, you know, you feel for Jalil Okafor a little bit. That's probably the one signing that doesn't make sense, to be honest. And we've said that here from the beginning. If the if the rotation is Plumley and and Stewart at the five, I think Piston fans, and I think for me, I'm going to be plenty happy if those guys share those minutes.
0: I agree. Share those minutes. And, you know, when Blake comes back, sprinkle him in at the five. So sure. We'll, we'll get Sadiq base some more minutes. Yeah. Um, or I think it's time that we talk about the Blake trade. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a little like just because while well, we've seen these few games, uh, you know, we'll we'll need Blake if you know we want to stay competitive in some games. But at the same time, I feel like he's also going to take a lot of minutes, a lot of shots from these guys. Just I'm not saying it's a ro- it's there's something wrong with that. He's Blake Griffin. He's yeah. very established. He's a fabulous sure. player. It's just for this team. I don't know if that's
2: necessary. He just, he doesn't fit anymore. And by all accounts, he's been a great teammate. I kind of feel Absolutely. bad whenever you see, you know, people bashing him because I don't think he's done anything wrong, but he just doesn't seem to no. fit. I mean, I will mm-hmm. admit it doesn't seem like he plays with the same energy and enthusiasm and intensity. And maybe it's just the way he plays, his playing style. Some, some people just play the game where they don't look like they're playing that hard, but they really are. And so I don't mean to take that, you know, say that Blake Griffin doesn't play hard, but he just doesn't seem to fit. The the flow seems better without him. And at this point, I don't know what we can get for him in a trade. And I don't know that I really care. Like I just want those minutes to open up for Grant at the four, which gets Sadiq in at the three, and then opens up some minutes in the second unit. Um, You don't have an odd man out, whether it's Sadiq or Svi or whatever. So I just think it makes sense. And we still have plenty of veteran leadership with Delon Wright and Plumley and Derek Rose.
0: Derrick Rose has played great too, by yes. At least by what I expected. And I think he's doing a great job. And yeah, I mean we'll see. I think the time is coming. Um either where he's gonna become unhappy with the minutes because the young guys are getting more and more minutes. Sure. Either the shots or whatever is gonna be, or maybe I'm just wrong and he, you know, he really likes this role. Where he kind of mentors his guys and you know gets his money and then sees what's what's up after that. So we'll see, we'll see. I don't think we're far down. I think we have one more month until he really agreed. Uh, you know, he's going to be on training block or he'll become unhappy. But like you said, there's nothing wrong with Blake Griffin. Absolutely, he's no. been fabulous. From yeah, It's just it's who he is. You know, you can't have Blake Griffin out there and take two shots a game either. So I yes. understand. Yeah, you know that's it will be a shame because of yep. how how well he's playing. So it's you know it's I feel like it's like a lose lose situation or a win win situation depends how it turns out, yes. honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's 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 tough. And he,
2: again, I just want to reiterate, like it's 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 not an indictment of Blake or who he is. Like he just doesn't fit. And Grant is the player we thought he was going to be. Josh Jackson's better than the player we thought he was going to be. Sadiq Bey is ready. And so it looks like we can compete and still one out of five games without him. You know, like it would be one thing if we were 0-5 with 20 20 point losses and we're going, like, we just need Blake Griffin to win a game here and there. It looks like we're going to be able to compete without him. So what purpose is he serving right now?
0: Do you bring Blake Griffin off the bench now?
2: If he would. That's a big question for me.
0: But here's the problem.
2: Even if you bring him off the bench. So I love the starting lineup that we've had the last few games. Uh,
0: Hayes, Jackson
2: Bay, Grant, and Plumlee. But then if you bring Griffin off the bench, now you're taking away, say, minutes, who hasn't been getting a ton of minutes anyway because Grant gets so many minutes at the four. Or you play him at the five, and now you're taking away Stewart's minutes. Like, I just don't see a scenario where the answer isn't trade him. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I, so we talk about five minutes and the answer is straight him. that's it just let it go but, but, <laughs> but you brought hand.
2: it Vlad I've spent more time on the, on the NBA trade machine than my entire life uh. trying to find a trade that makes sense
0: and it's so hard because of the money yeah exactly it's, it's hard and it's gonna have to be a contender that's why I think we have to wait about one more month to yes. kind of see how things are shaping up in the standings and you know see who needs a lot of help and who might want to take a risk, you know, yes. say, okay, and, let's and try Blake, bring Blake in. He's going to give us 2010. Like, and that's what that. you want. I think it's going to be a surprise
2: contender. Like I don't think the Hawks are the, are the team because they're pretty deep at that position also, but a team like the Hawks who maybe are, you know, filling themselves, their top four or five. I think if they add this veteran depth that it can take them into the top, you know, four or something, you know, top three. And so that's who I think it is. I don't think it's an established contender. I think it's maybe one of these yeah. upstarts who is,
0: you Isn't know, compete. Pack? Yes, yes.
2: Yeah, I, I think they I said might four have, five. They might have like like, an
0: outside, outsider chance. Yeah, they might have yes, an a five chance, through eight. Man. You know,
2: a five mm-hmm. through eight team that thinks they can jump into the top half if they add the right piece. Absolutely.
1: Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off.
0: Let's go around to the NBA. Let's go, yeah. Uh, which is our new you 5-10 know, minute segment in our show. And we'll go straight to one this I don't, I don't know what to call the Orlando Magic right now, really honestly I'm, I'm surprised. A surprise. <laughs> but, <laughs> no that's the right word that's the first word that came to my mind. <laughs> yeah I'm like uh, what am I calling them but I'm impressed with Markel Fultz. He's um, you, you brought out the subject you, will, you, you you put on the you know you say you want to talk about this and uh, I'll let you go in a second but I think for me it's it was that, that, that pressure that we were talking about with Josh Jackson he i don't think he was ready it was a lot of scrutiny in philadelphia and uh now he just he's, he's come to his own i feel like he's doing a, a great job you know and as he go they go he's the one pushing the tempo and when he doesn't push the tempo they play pretty slow honestly and they get a lot of the up-tempo stuff and he's averaging 16 3 and 5 and uh with only two turnovers um, yeah so go ahead i know you you want to talk about this and let's see I just, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by him. Yeah, I just think it's a great story,
2: you know. And yeah, he's taken so much heat, and he was part of quote unquote the process. And some people didn't like the way the Sixers did that, you know, where they tanked and tanked, and then Embiid and Simmons. And so I think in some ways, a lot of people wanted to see the Sixers fail because they didn't think they did it the right way, quote unquote. And so as part of that, you wanted to see individual players not pan out. And I just. It it was so tough and I don't think sometimes people understand the mental, the confidence that goes along with any sport, you know, and really any job, you know, any job, you have to be in the right mental space to do it well, you know, like even this, you know, we're just, this is, we're just kicking it, talking hoops, but If we weren't in the right mental state, we wouldn't be excited. You know, nobody'd want to listen to us. So, any job, you have to be in the right mental space. And I think, I think Markel Fultz has finally found that. And, you know, to his credit, Vlad, he's gotten better every year. You know, it's not like he just broke out this year. Like this year's been more, but 16 a game, shooting 94% from the free throw line right now for a guy whose shot was quote unquote broke. You know, I mean, (laughs) I'm just. I'm really, really
0: broke. Is like for an him. understatement at this point. You're right. That was <laughs> he was gross. tweaking it. He was tweaking it so much. But that—that that, that was the mental aspect you were talking about. You know, the pressure got to him, and you know, he had this trainer, that trainer, and that coach, and change of shot, do this, and like he forgot. Like it just, and it was a lot of pressure too. I feel like when you have a guy like Ben Simmons that can't really shoot the ball, and then you're the first pick, and he, he was struggling. So it was like, oh my god, like nobody can shoot the ball on this team. So it was just it was it was a lot honestly and um i i feel bad for him in philadelphia and i was happy when he went to orlando it was like a fresh start and uh now it's i mean it's paying off you know it's paying off and i'm happy i'm real happy for him and it, especially and like a said, lot of it's that, a good story it's a good story
2: yeah it's, it's a great story and i just i just think it should be noticed the magic are 4 and 1 right now and markel Fultz, like you said is is a driving force of that do i think they're going to stay in the top 4 in the east no are they gonna stay in the top eight? I don't know, but you know, one and a half weeks, two weeks into the season, the fact they are where they are where they're at, and he's playing the way he's playing, I think should be you know should be noticed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Orlando hasn't played. You know, they won against Washington twice, OKC once, and okay, they beat Miami in the first game of the season, so that's a good win. But other than that, you know, right now the way Washington looks, I don't think it's. A <laughs> It's a it's it's a good you know. You can say, oh yeah, we beat the Wizards twice. Uh, okay, oh, yeah. congrats. <laughs> and, and, and Miami hasn't That's exactly bad.
2: been playing great basketball up to this point. So, no,
0: but it's still Miami, you know. So you can't. But we'll see. Now you know there's a good story. Now we got two bad stories coming out. You know, Spencer with the out for the year for the Nets, and John Morant ankle injury. Uh, honestly, about a John Morant one, it's. I almost pictured Derrick Rose for a second. I was like, "Oh my God, let him not be you know, let him not be some so serious." I was happy yes. when actually they said, you know, a few weeks, four or five weeks, I think, and he'll be back on the floor. It's a great story, but Spencer doing the out for the year. ACL. That's a huge blow for the Nets, if you ask me, because you know he was he was a big part of that rotation, and um, they're not they're a little bit worse than I thought they were going to be. You know, they're they're sitting at three and three right now. And, uh, yeah, they don't – they gave up 145 points to Atlanta. So, no, 141, and that's sorry, cons- you know, win. And- yeah,
2: that's been the concern with them is, is defense. You know, I think it's Chris Broussard who's, who's questioned their defense from the very beginning – I think what that really hurts, I think one thing I loved about the Nets, and, and this sucks for Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, anytime, you know, Clay, we've, yeah, we've talked it's, about these things, it's, it's awful. And he, he's had a really, really good NBA career kind of quietly and probably was going to be somewhat of a breakout season for him because people were going to watch the Nets and they're going to have a lot of nationally televised, televised games.
0: Yeah, I think is in a contract here too. I
2: think I saw that as well, you know, and, yeah, uh, I you it. know. This, this, this is my like, you know, just always thinking about the Pistons' angle. I'm like, yo, that's a guy we take a flyer on. Like, let's 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 get Spencer Dinwiddie coming off an injury. You know, buy low and add him to the mix. Um, and and somebody will he, he'll get signed. He's just not going to get signed for the money he would have had he not get got injured. But Absolutely, yeah. it's amazing what losing one guy can do to a rotation and the depth of a team because. You know, they were starting him with Harris, Durant, Irving, um, and DeAndre Jordan. And then you were able to bring Karis Levert off the bench. Well, I saw last game Levert still came off the bench, but you don't have the same starting five. So, they had to start Luau Cabaret. And so... Um, You know, it just it messes with their depth, and then now you have to start asking questions: Do we put Levert in the starting lineup? But then our second unit's not explosive, or what do you do? So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to affect them. It's going to affect them uh, in a big way, I think. And then you said about lopsided blowouts, and to me, that's it's to me the teams don't look ready. You know, and a few guys said it already, and uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback on that. It's It feels like preseason in some ways, where some teams are clicking and some are just... They just don't look ready for the season. And, um, you know, the, some of the, the players, they just lacked games. They lacked pickup games, even, you know. And you can see that. And uh, that's why I think we see these, these games or these results, even, you know, just... The, like the Mavs halftime with the Clippers, you know it's a fifty point game. Like, what is that? You know, and, and, and it stayed it stayed at fifty throughout the game.
2: Like, but you know, yeah. and, and I thought, okay, well, th- you know, stuff like that happens every once in a while. You, ha- but then you know, a couple days later, the Bucks beat the Heat by forty seven one forty four ninety seven, and then a couple days later, the Pelicans beat the Thunder by thirty three. You know, and so that's that's what's weird to me is. Or interesting I guess is it continues to happen. Um, it's not it wasn't just like an isolated thing where it happened once, it's happened multiple times. You know, and, and what's funny is the the Mavericks beat the Clippers well, wait, and then they come out like, and lose by twenty the
0: next game. Yeah, by twenty the Hornets and also the Bucks lose to the Heat after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so, what I'm saying. So so the I Bucks just, beat the Heat by 40, 50, and then they come and lose the Heat, like it's that's what I'm saying, but like it's, it's back-to-backs, and guys are not sure. ready. They're not in shape, so they go all out, and then the next night, they're like, oh, empty tank. You think, do you, know? the, you think the no fans – I don't think no fans affects
2: playoffs, because whenever they get into the playoffs, they're, they're going to be juiced. But you think not having fans for regular season games – and I know some arenas allow some fans, but you think it's not having the fans. Because So we've talked about this. I'm a KU fan. KU just took its worst home loss – they just got busted by Texas by 20-plus. Our guy, Shaka Smart, I like Shaka Smart a lot. And, and no, you know, no fans there. I mean, very few fans at Allen Fieldhouse. And so do you think that's playing a factor into some of these weird results, lopsided blowouts?
0: I think so. And if you look across it, it's just – I don't feel like this is a home court advantage right now. You know, you don't have it at all. And, um, you know, that's – that's something that I hope is going to change towards the end of the season, you know. And uh, we'll see. It's just basketball doesn't seem the same. It's not as exciting, as exciting if you ask me, you know. I think it's a different game. So, But now we'll get to something more exciting. It's about Becky Hammond. Becky, you awesome. Know, Great story. She is I love it. You know, and then Pop is, you know, she won the summer league a few years ago. Yep. And then I think if I, I read it as like... Bob just got thrown out, and he's like, "Yeah, right, you got it." Yep. <laughs> like, looked yep. at her, it's like, "You got it." <laughs> you know, it's uh, like, you know what you're doing, so you got this. You know, <laughs> go ahead. So, and so I gotta ask, uh, do you, do you think she's gonna be? Is she gonna be the next head coach of the Spurs? Maybe.
2: I mean, that's what he's positioning. I, I it, say yes. Ha- it has to be in the yes. works, right? And after the game, he said she can be an NBA head coach. And you know what? I loved. I loved a picture of a huddle. It wasn't a huddle. It must have been. I don't know. She yeah, had four the guys game, around her. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah and game, those dudes
2: yeah. are. They're looking at her. They're looking her in the eye listening, you know, and that's that's what's really cool. Like whether we want to admit it or not, whether it's right or wrong, it takes those 15 dudes on the roster to be all in on this as well, you know, and it's happening more and more around the league. I think I saw there's like eight or 10 female coaches in the NBA now, which is amazing And because I have a little girl and I want her to grow up. Like I get mad whenever I hear people say, oh, like here's a Barbie because you're a girl. Like, no, that's not how it works. Like give her a basketball or – I mean she wants to play with Barbies. That's fine. But if she wants to be a baller, then let her be a hooper, you know. Yeah, let them
0: choose what they want to do. Yeah, let
2: them choose. Give her a chance. Give her a chance. Don't force her into this or that, you know. And so that's what I love. Like it's the image for a young girl to see, oh, well, if I want to be a coach like my dad – I don't have to, you know, I can do it. I can go coach in the NBA if that's what I wanted to do. And I think that's big time. And so I love it for Beckingham. And, you know, what I was going to say is, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Hoosiers. It's my favorite movie when I was growing up. Like, my first instinct was like, did Pop do this on purpose to, you know, put Becky in that situation? <laughs> I, wouldn't put
0: it, I wouldn't put it past Pop. <laughs>
2: because that happens in That the, the guy gets, he, he literally asks the ref to kick him out of the game. So his assistant coach, who's a recovering alcoholic and all this stuff, there's a whole story. You need to go watch the movie if you haven't. But, Uh, Listeners, but you know, to put him in a situation to head coach the game, and so that was my first thought: was all right. Did did Pop do this?
0: You know, not in a bad way, but just in a way to give Becky that opportunity. I think he knows what he's doing. I think he knows what he's doing, and he's always been preparing for the future. And I honestly think this is his last season. I don't see him going this past season. He's had a failure last year. He's probably going to fail this year, honestly, and not make the playoffs with the Spurs team maybe there's an outside chance but i don't see it i don't see them being that good so i think he's getting ready for the next step which is him stepping down and maybe staying in the organization as a president gm whatever and i think she's the choice for him you know great she's I think giving, that's- she, she won a summer league and you know and she, she's been she seems to have been his right hand for quite a few years now and he trusts her a lot. And, uh, you know, I love Pop because I think he, do, he does – everything is calculated with him. That's 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 what, that's what one thing that we've always learned about him. He's calculated with everything from draft picks to throwing guys in the fire to bringing Kawhi along. Everything, you know, it, it seemed calculated, you know. We're not going to get Kawhi and throw him in the fire. We're going to let him do what Kawhi does right now. And, you know, when Timmy's not ready and Tony can't do it anymore, we're going to rely on Kawhi to take us there. He's – you know, and uh, I think he's ready to retire. And I think, you know, Beck is the right choice for for the Spurs bench. And hopefully we see that. Yeah. and You know what I always
2: loved about Pop and the Spurs organization? And we've talked a little bit about what with the Pistons, whether people agree with what Troy Weaver looks for in a player. He has a player he wants to go after. He has an identity. And you always felt like that with the Spurs. You know, there's not a whole lot yeah. of teams where you can say that's a – That's a Pacers guy, or that's a Magic guy. But but you know what people always said is that's a Spurs guy. That guy's a spur. You know, like it just yeah. You always see it. it It's
0: like. Can he pass? Can he play team defense? Yes. Can he show oh, up? Okay. That's, that's a, Spurs does he have a high
2: basketball IQ. Like it, just, <laughs> exactly. uh-huh. it meant something to be a Spurs guy. And like, that takes a lot. That's a coach. That's a GM. That's an organizational thing that hopefully we can build. Cause it was the same thing with the Pistons, right? Isaiah Stewart is a Pistons guy. That's why everybody loves him because of his style of play and what he does. Um, So I always thought that was pretty sweet about the Spurs. And if Becky Hammond ends up being the next coach of the Spurs, I think that's amazing. It'll be amazing for females in this country. It'll be amazing for my daughter, who will get to look and see a female coach on an NBA sideline. And I just love that that young girls around the country, around the world, will be able to look up and, and say, I can do that.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree with you, Bryce. Now we have a few minutes left around the NBA. Surprise starts. My pick is the Hawks. Um, Absolutely. You know, I know I know they have a lot of shooting, but to me, they surprise me the most. Honestly, um, I love Orlando. Uh, you know, they're, they're they're a surprise. Philly, I think I said Doc Rivers is a fantastic coach, and I didn't expect anything less. You know, you can look at Golden State, Houston, whatever, but to me, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Trey Young, he he, they have so much shooting. It's very hard to guard him right now. He was, yes. he was already a, a very hard guard to begin with, and now it's like. Do you want to help with Gallinari? Uh, no. Do you want to help with Bogdanovich? Oh, that's tough. And, you know, it's like, pick your poison, guys. Like, do you want these really good shooters, you know, like Cam Reddish? The, you know, the hunters shooting the ball well. So do you give up this, you know, Clint Capel, John Collins dunks? they like, we just saw some posters from John Collins yesterday. Oof. And do you give up that? And... You know, or do you let Trey Young play one on one, or do you help off this fantastic shooters they have, Cam quarter and a, a bunch of guys that can oh, really Donovan. shoot the ball? Yeah, exactly. So and you got Rajon me, Rondo off I've the bench. Person, you know, yeah, and you have a floor general come off the bench. That's 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 a leader. That's a defender. Um, you know, he kind of does what uh, I think Trey Young doesn't do. Yeah, you know, so he comes plays defense and gives you those defensive possessions that you need in the game. You know, because you can't just play only offense, but it's Trey Young is fantastic at that. He is, and, and right. it's, th- that's my surprise yeah. pick for the start of the season is the Hawks. It's and I for don't see how and, they can be stopped.
2: <laughs> no, that's I, I I'm I don't expect credit for this because I didn't have the guts to say it. I was gonna call I was gonna call them a top four team in the East whenever when we were gonna look at our schedule and how hard it was to start the season, and then I talked myself out of it that I was gonna sound like a fool, but. Right now they look like a top four team, and I know record-wise they are, but they're first in point scored, seventh in field goal percentage, first and 33rd third and three point, like they rebound, they get assists, they don't turn it over, like they do everything you want from a team to be good. And like you said, they have shooters everywhere. And I kind of dislike whenever people do this. Because I think it's real easy to say this guy's this guy and this guy's this guy. But Trey Young looks a little bit like a Steph Curry 2.0. Like, he really does. <laughs> and, yeah. and I I don't like when people do that. But I, I don't know what the other comparison is. And I don't think they're... You know, I think a lot of people thought they were trying to follow the Warriors formula. I don't... You look at the roster and it doesn't look exactly the same. There's no Draymond Green on that team, on this team. Um, but... They've assembled a nice squad. They have a chance to really compete in the East. Are they going to be the favorites? Are they going to win it? No. But I think they can make a lot of noise, and a lot of those guys are young and can continue to grow and develop.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's going to be interesting. And I think Indiana's a contender right now in the East, the way they're playing. And uh since you... You know, we're gonna talk about Yoki Jeffrey, triple double. Yes. Uh, you know, he says Sabonis almost. I'm, I'm reading your notes. You know, and, yeah, Sabonis uh, is close. How like he's the, having a sneaky Sabonis. good year? How about a Sabonis? You know, like Sabonis is playing as you know, 22, 11, and seven. Exactly, and I love that they're running the offense through him. You know, they're, they they finally figured out like, okay, we've been trying all depot, we've been trying. You know, we have Paul George. And now they kind of have a different dimension running the offense through Sabonis. And it's almost like a Denver-ish type, you know, feeling where you see the big man running everything, or they're running everything through the big man. And Jokic, I mean, he doesn't surprise me. Jokic is... Uh, he's so good. I mean, exactly. He's, he's high basketball IQ off the roof, passing ability, huge uh but again they're not playing great basketball right now so i mean that's a surprise right there is how if you like
2: if you want to talk about surprises is that the nugget start hasn't been good even with Jokic. me and my wife got a chance to go watch him play it was two years ago a, a friend of ours had season tickets so we got pretty good seats and like again like I feel bad saying this because I said it about Luka Doncic too, but it doesn't look like he should be able to do what he does. Like he doesn't, like, <laughs>
0: you know what I mean though? Like, yeah, but I know what you're saying.
2: He's so skilled and he's so smart. And like, sometimes it looks like he's just chilling. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna go get a bucket or I'm gonna catch and do this and get an open shot for a teammate. And so that guy is really, really good and, and good for him to start getting some, you know, league-wide national attention because I don't think he always gets as much as he should.
0: Absolutely. I I think one thing you got to know about Jokic, he looks selfless out there. Never selfish, always selfless. Always puts the team first. Always takes what's there. And if it's there to score 30 points, he does it. If it's there to get 15 assists, he does it. And I think that's what I've always been a fan of his. Um, I I haven't been a fan of the way he was keeping his body and he was maintaining his body. I thought he could treat that with more respect because that would take him up a level as a player. Absolutely. No doubt about His IQ, uh, you know... Passing, passing ability, scoring ability—you know—all this stuff is is off the off the charts, and I'm not surprised. Um, I'm happy to see Sabonis do, do do kind of the same thing in Indiana, yes. just building off that, you know. And now, last thing around the NBA, Bryce Melo passed Tim Duncan, and you know, Melo's my guy, <laughs> so I was I was thrilled for him. I was happy he's you know he's coming back to Portland this this year, and uh, he's you know he he does what Melo does, and I'm happy he's coming off the. You know, off the bench doing what you know, what he does. You know, he, he scores the ball. He plays, you know, 20, 25 minutes. Um, and I, I was happy for him. You know, happy for him to just get a chance at the league again. And look at, look at him now. You know, he's kind of starting to pass guys again on all time scoring list. And uh, yeah, I, I was just. I mean, it, he has
2: a super chance. Happy that. He has a chance to finish in the top 10, right? I mean, he. Passing Duncan moved him into 14th, and to get in the top 10, he'd have to pass Elvin Hayes, which is less than 1,000 points. Um, So there's a really – I mean, he's going to start – he's going to pass some dudes throughout this year, Dominique, Oscar, Akeem, Elvin Hayes. And then, you know, he outside chance, depending on how many years he plays, to even get number eight over Shaq. Now, after that, there's there's probably not much of a chance, you know, just looking at the – Go ahead. I, just say, I think that's about as high as he could climb depending on how well he scores it and how many years he plays.
0: Well, for Melo, it's been like this, you know, I think for the last two years. It was just about accepting that he's aging, accepting yes. his new role, accept that he's never been a great defender and that, you know, he can't start at this point anymore. You know, it's, it's enough, it's enough. And I'm happy that he accepted that because otherwise... And that can't been be easy, he, right? He, he would have been out of league. Well, it can't be easy if you think a guy that's been... The guy for 20 years, you know? So, yes. you know, we're not talking about Jeremy Grant where he was a role player at some point. No, he was the guy from high school. We're talking school, about a guy who, yeah, won a national he, championship Yeah, as
2: a he freshman. He was that guy
0: for 20 years, 25 years, you know? Since he's grad, he, he finished up middle school probably and went to high school, he's been that guy. So I can't blame him for not, you know, not accepting right away, but I think, you know, father time is undefeated, so...
2: If, yeah, I mean, am looking at his, or... his career numbers. And, I mean, for 10-plus different seasons, he averaged over 18 shot attempts a game, mm-hmm. you know? And, again, a guy that won a national championship as the best player, um, as a freshman, multiple years averaging 20-plus, some years 27, 28, and then to be able to – and take so much criticism. You know, there's a, there's a lot of Carmelo Anthony hate for some reason, maybe because he wasn't the savior in New York that people thought he was going to be or – whatever it was, you know, he's never won a championship. He was never able to take his team to where people thought they should, but he's been a really good NBA player. He's had a great career and I actually missed this. I didn't see that, but you passed Tim Duncan on any list and that means something. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad yeah, that you saw it and brought it up for us to talk about. Cause it should be noticed. Of course,
0: always about mellow. Always. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to miss anything. Don't worry. <laughs> Could make a mellow podcast if you embrace. Bryce. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> so now we'll come back to our Pistons. Um, you know, we spend about 20 minutes each show around the NBA, so hopefully you guys like that. We'd love to hear your feedback on just not oh, – we'd love to hear your feedback about the whole show, but also about the new the new stuff around the NBA. Or if you want to talk about a certain uh, topic, sure. we'd love if you yes. can hit us up on Twitter, email, Facebook, Instagram. You know, we'll we'll give you those at the end. But before we go towards that, let's see, Bryce. We have Boston, and then we have Milwaukee at Milwaukee at Milwaukee, Phoenix at home, and then you know Utah. So it's a it's a tough stretch for us. Yes. But I don't know the way we've been playing. I'm I'm kind of torn. I'm like you know Milwaukee's not playing great. So can no, we still on right there? Now. You know, can we still the next one against Boston? Uh, it's at home. Why not? You know. And uh, Phoenix is a tough one. So um, Uh, (laughs) what do you think about the upcoming schedule? I I think we got to
2: find a way to go one and three. You know, I I think that's our... One and three, okay.
0: Yeah. And I
2: don't know what the win is. I actually, whenever we talked last week, I thought the Boston win, if if we were going to get a win against Boston, it would become on Sunday, the second one. And, you know, we already stole the one Friday night. My guess is Boston's going to be a little more prepared and ready to go. And so I I don't see us getting that one. I'm thinking we get one of the two against Milwaukee. Like, call me crazy, but you're right. Milwaukee hasn't necessarily played great at times. And so I I think we're going to go into one of those two games and we're going to want it more. I I, I don't love that phrase, but we're going to just be more focused, more intense, and maybe we can shock Milwaukee. Because I think Phoenix, Phoenix is a young team that still is trying to prove to the league every single night how good they are. And so I don't think we're going to sneak up on Phoenix the way we well, could think
0: Milwaukee. We're a team that's going to thrive on, on on matchups, sure, right? sure, and yeah. Because I like the Like I said, I like the Josh Jackson, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant lineup, right? But you also have Killian Hayes, who can be, you know, attacked from a defense step where like Marcus Smart would do it. And um, I, uh, I'm going to say two and four, Bryce. Okay, I'm going to say we're going to beat Boston again. Because okay. I like our, our I like our matchups. And if Sadiq Bey does it again, which it's kind of like an expectation because of what has been said about him, you know, what Casey said about him. Like, he's not a rookie out there. Plumlee said he's not a rookie out there. So he plays like a vet. So I'm expecting him at least defensively to be at the same level, if not offensively. Okay, sometimes you don't make shots, you know. And if he's a 3 and D guy, then you can go 0 for 7. It happens. It's, it's not a problem. But if he plays defense, and I like our matchups against Boston, right? So you have, you're looking at Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and we have Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay. I like those matchups. And Josh Dwellery, Tristan Thompson, right? And you add Josh Jackson to mix. Yeah, of course. And DeLon Wright coming off the bench, Derrick Rose. Yes. You know, so I like, I, I, you know, I, I think we're going to beat Boston again. Okay. And I think we're going to steal one in Milwaukee. Okay. Um, so two and two. You know, just, just looking at the roster. It's it's tough, you know. They have Chris Middleton, of course, and Giannis. They have Giannis. They have Drew Holiday. They have a good team, but they've like they've been so up and down, you know. You can't beat a team by forty and then come lose by ten. It, yeah, I mean they're, they're, they're three and three, win over Chicago. Yeah, three and three sitting at eight spot. They're, they're,
2: they're, yeah, they're it, sitting
0: so, at a spot in the East, so they're not, you know. They lost to the Knicks so close, by twenty, like,
2: and lost to my, like yeah, they're, they're so up, like they're so up and down.
0: So They're, they're in very there. inconsistent, exactly. So we can catch them one of those days, we can get a win. I yes. don't think Phoenix is a win, I'll tell you why. Chris Paul. He's good. And it's it's what gives you value, it's what gives you the status, it's what gives you the all-star, the all-time great. It's night in, night out. And Phoenix is sitting at 5-1 and one right now. They look good. And they look good in the bubble, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, right. Then they go undefeated but in the adding, bubble, right? Yeah, and adding Chris Paul to it, it seems like they should be 6-0 right now. They lost to Sacramento by three, by three. Yep. in Sacramento, and they came in and beat him by 20 the next night. So to me, Chris Paul adds that consistent, that roster, right? So a guy like Devin Booker, you know, he might not be ready every night or he might not be so focused every night, but that's why you have Chris Paul, and it's like, okay, Book, uh, time to go now, okay? Stop fooling around. I understand. DeAndre Ayton, Okay. It's business time. We're here to win it. We're trying to, you know, to make some noise this year. So every game is business-like. We're not gonna go full around. So I think that's why we don't have a shot in Boston. To be honest, in Boston, in Phoenix, sorry, with, with Phoenix, because you know, because of Chris Paul mainly, and uh, I just don't see that one happening. But I think two and four, You know, we still won with Milwaukee and we beat Boston again. Why not? No, I think you know, a two and two record this week, getting two out of four
2: would be great for this. I mean, that's where we need to be. I mean, you hate to say it, you don't want to start winning too many games and then you start dropping yourselves, but you know, you want to win. I, I, I talked with somebody yesterday on Twitter, somebody was talking about, you know, people being upset that we won. I said, you can't be upset that we won last, yesterday. You have to be excited. We have to embrace every win and be excited and celebrate every win because they're not going to come. There's not going to be a lot of them. But... We have to get some wins. We can't, we talked about this last episode. You can't, we can't be 0 and 10. We can't be 1 and 15. Like, that's not good. You talked about it earlier in this episode. Free agents don't want to come play for us. It creates a certain culture. Like, we need to continue to compete every single night, be in games, would, would love to see us stop blowing fourth quarter leads, but just be in games and continue to compete. And then the ones we can still hit some big shots and grow guys at the end of games, like, We'll we'll take those one out of every three, one out of every four games, and you still have your positioning to draft your franchise player
0: next year. Absolutely. Let me let me hear your take on this. So let's say we do make the playoffs. Let's say these guys get it together. They're very close. I think honestly, I'm shocked. But they're they're way up. They way they're way further than I thought they would be. Honestly, like I said, you know, I thought the Hawks game would be a blowout. I I didn't expect them to be the Celtics. I didn't expect them to be in all the games. They've been in yes. all the games. You know, we. Okay, we, Cleveland is on us. We we lost that one. You know, Minnesota same way. So it's these guys could be. You know, like. The, the Warriors right now, game was only the,
2: game, the only game that we really weren't, you never felt like we really had a chance to win. We've had four out of the five games exactly, we've held a right? fourth quarter lead. Other than the Warriors game, Oubre and Wiggins had a breakout game, which you knew was going to happen. Rose struggled until the fourth quarter, kind of got us back into it. But you never really felt like we could win that Warriors game. The other four, you could make arguments that we had every chance to win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So to me, it's not the end of the world if you finish eighth or seventh and a free agent sees this potential and you go still like what if you add through free agency not draft because it's not like okay Detro- Detroit is not a desired location it's I think OKC is not a desired location no, sure. no you know just it just by the history Detroit has been able to sign some guys so I don't mind them if, if, the more competitive they are it's not the worst thing if you translate to wins because wh- whatever you lose in the draft I think you're gonna gain a free agency you okay. know And I think Troy Weaver has proved this year that even though maybe he doesn't get the most coveted free agent, but he might find those guys that really, you know, lift us up. So I'm not you know and as a competitor, I'm not for tanking. I'm not for tanking, I'm not for losing games. If, If they can win, you know, if they can go and make the playoffs, I'll be more than happy. Hey, you know what? Exactly what Troy Weaver said. Again, we're rebuilding, but we're trying to rebuild by being competitive, not just going in and Ah, Yeah, we lost to Cleveland, though. So, what? No, we well, lost to Cleveland. Here's the thing, Claude. Like, if, if, we, if
2: we end up in the playoffs, it's because Jeremy Grant is everything we wanted him to be. You know what I mean? So, in that scenario, if we end up in the playoffs, it's because Jeremy Grant, Josh Jackson, Killian Hayes comes along, Sadiq Bey. And then you start to think, okay, maybe we don't need a top five pick. You know, so if those guys show the ability to win enough games to get us in the playoffs in the East, Then those guys have all become what you think you know their high end potential you know one year in with room to more room to grow as they as we you know get year two year three year four into this and yeah if you could tell me there's a way to go get another Jeremy Grant type signing maybe a a level above that. I don't know how the cap works with Blake's contract and maybe there's a sign. And tra- you know, I, the, you know. It, it's funny to look at the salary cap because there's always ways to finagle it too, you know. And so, um, not always, not always. Some people can't. Look but at this.
0: I'll, I'll give you this scenario, right? Josh Jackson keeps playing this way. Jeremy mm-hmm. Grant, Grant, please keep playing this way. Ke- Ke- you know, Killeen Hayes, you know, he's been expected to be in the run for rookie of the year. I think he's going to get into that run, but not okay. – Maybe we'll wait until February. But let's say he gets up and running, right? And not John Moran numbers. I think he's going to be solid, right? Not sure. what he averaged right now, but maybe 12 points and maybe increase his number by one, two assists. 12 and points and six more. assists or something. And then, and then more rebounds, you know, like 12, five, and six, whatever. Sure. Something yep. like that. Yep. So you have a lineup with Hayes, Jackson, Bay. Let's say Bay averaged like 10 points per game, shooting the ball 44. Yep. You know. And you have Jeremy Grant, a four, who's killing it. Oh, where? Where'd you say? Jeremy Grant where? Ah, uh, at the four. At the four. Okay. okay. All right, just making sure. I got <laughs> to make room for my guy dig no, Bey. I got to make room for my guy to Bey, No, I love Jeremy Grant at the four. I
2: just was making sure that's what you said, so.
0: <laughs> there you go. And where do you want your free agents to be? That's the hard part, right? That, that, that I mean, this is the where, tough part. Where, where do you get the guy? Where I, do you bring him in? Tell me. See, this is where... Yes. You bring Andre Drummond? No. 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 <laughs> no you don't. You know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, I'm, I'm I think that's fan, the you know, missing we'll, piece. It. I
2: I think that's where it's at because as much as I love Isaiah Stewart, part of me really likes bringing Isaiah Stewart off the bench cuz he's like this again burst of energy well, and Kenneth enthusiasm. III. Kenneth Free huh?
0: you know. Kenneth free type style, you know. It's, yes, it's yes, very yes. hard to I really, like I man. really
2: like that. So, yes, there's part of me that thinks that Cade Cunningham Greens, that those guys in the draft <laughs> yeah. aren't the guy because if Grant, Bay, and Jackson and Hayes are what they are, what you're talking about, then where do the minutes come for that guy? So maybe it is a five man, which I know there's some big guys in the draft as well. Um, the kid at, UC, at USC and then there's a kid at, uh, um, gosh dang. It. Yeah,
0: but then aren't you going to be like a little bit, uh, you're going to be a little bit too young, I think at that point. So you or think just go like
2: get a, a, you know who I like? is the, the guy from the Hawks that, that, that did not accept his – Clint Capella. No, 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 no. The, the younger one. Let me Give me one second.
0: I oh, don't know. I keep looking John at Collins, this. You John know, Collins. Like... Yeah, didn't, John Collins. Okay. He can shoot didn't... the ball too. Huh? He can shoot the ball too. Yeah, that's John what I'm saying. John can shoot the ball, but he's not –
2: And he didn't take his his extension offer from the Hawks. Um. So he's a guy that maybe, I don't know if, how that would work if he would become a restricted free agent or unrestricted. You know, he's averaged 19, 20 the last three years, 10 rebounds, nine rebounds. Seven, like, yeah. A guy like that exactly. is a guy that would really fit.
0: Yeah. And uh, I mean, you're looking at, I'm, I'm looking at Oladipo Depot maybe, you know, do you bring Oladipo Depot and you kind of slide Josh Jackson back off the bench if you sign something like that? But that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not so upset with them being competitive because. You know, it's it can turn out good for us. You know, we you can't like, sign, like you said, a center or like another tweener, power forward slash center, you know, yeah. where he could be the missing piece, you know. I don't want us to go and just pay a lot of money for, the, for example, Kaylee Uber, you know, who's going to be an free agent. I don't want us to sign, no. you know, go sign Fournier or whatever or De, uh, or uh, Dennis Schroeder. You, know, you don't want to sign anybody. I don't think Troy Weaver is going to do that. But if we lose out in a draft, maybe we do get something like that, you know, like a, and, a guy and, that can and, really, really help us.
2: And look at Bay and Stewart, drafted 16th and 18th. So even if you get in the draft and then that pick would still fall, you know, somewhere in the 10 to, you know, I, I don't know, 10 to 15, 10, you know, somewhere in that range. 10 to, exactly. Yeah. 10 to 15 is what I was thinking. You of. know, he's, he's shown that he can find a guy or guys in that round. Now, it's just one draft, so I shouldn't say he's proven, but through one draft, he hit on those two guys, right? And he was at Oklahoma City where they drafted, they, they drafted really exactly. well in Oklahoma City. I was going to say that. You, know, you know, Who knows who was making those decisions or, or putting their fists on the table for this guy or that guy. But if we can trust, and I think we can trust him to make finding us a a quality starter, a role player, a guy that can help this team out even in the ten to fifteen range. So you're right. I think you're onto something. Why, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong if this team ends up making a little bit of a push. I mean, they're one game out of the tenth spot right now, which the tenth spot gets a gets part of the the little play in thing that's different this year in the NBA. So
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, it just they just seem closed, and it seems like along with. You know, to what Troy Weaver said, you know, we want to rebuild, but we want to be competitive. Absolutely. And that's what he meant. I mean, they're never going to give up on a game. And I think that's what that's going to be the mentality. And just judging by what I've seen from this team in the first first games of the season, this team has a lot of potential. Yes. And some guys are further along than we thought they're going to be. Much Like further. Jeremy Grant. Cidipe. Like Sidiq Bey. And Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson, yes. And yes. So... Even though killing Hayes, to, to me, killing Hayes, is what I expected because that's the track record that we've seen. You know, you said this and from day one if, about him. But if you think about it, he was actually drafted, you know, to be in the ten to twenty range in the beginning of last season before his season in Germany. So he's, you know, he's he's grown a little bit. So we have to see that he's not ready, and I'm fine with that. That's why we have Derrick Rose. That's why I think Derrick Rose is staying for the whole year. I don't I think it's going to be worth. I don't think it's worth our, our, our money to get a – what What do you think you're going to get for him, honestly? I don't think you're going to get as much as you would get for Blake Griffin. So, to trade away, you know, Derrick Rose and not get much for him with a second-round pick, then I don't think it's worth it. Do yeah, you get I a think, top 20 pick? I doubt it. Yeah, I don't, I don't
2: think you're probably getting a first-round pick for Derrick Rose, again, unless – Unforeseen. You don't want to, you know, something like what happened to the Brooklyn Nets. Like, do the Brooklyn Nets sit there and go, man, we could really use a guy like Derek Rose to run our second unit because we're going to move so and so into the starting lineup. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they have a first round pick. They probably don't, but, or maybe they do, but you know, we'll, we'll give our first round pick that we know is going to be in the late twenties, you know, but so I, I think you're Absolutely. right. I think, I think Rose gives us more. And again, is he comfortable in this situation? These are the conversations you wish you knew. Like, I'd love to be in a GM's. Like, just to be able to sit <laughs> off to the side Does and, and a listen. camera
0: in there and listen? Yeah,
2: yeah, I just want to know what the conversations are. Because those guys probably know whether Derrick Rose would re-sign after this year or not. And we're not privy to that information. But if you knew that Derrick Rose would sign a three-year contract to stay on as the team's backup point guard, I think you keep him and you make that deal.
0: No, I agree. I've said that from day one. From from, from his approached... To this preseason, I've said Derrick rose is a huge asset for us. He's a huge mentor. He even said he's texting Killian Hayes at least once every, per day. He said, if not more. Yes. I'm texting him like every day. Like with something that crosses my mind. And I love that. Because yes Killian Hayes, knowing that he develops and he has his this thing where he kind of develops slowly and he needs to be comfortable before he plays well. Like he's not the type of guy that like John Morant, you throw him in and Boom, you get John Moran. I think to get Killian Hayes to be Killian Hayes, he needs to be comfortable. He needs to be, you know, kind of brought in and embraced. And it's exactly what they're doing. I think they've done a great job of scouting who they got. And they know yes. the ins and outs. And that's why there's no pressure in Killian Hayes. That's why he has a longer leash, but he still, you know, he still gets yanked out when it's 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 about time to do it. You know. And I think he's gonna come around. He's gonna come around, I think a lot of that credit is going to go to De Rose for preparing him in practice, off the court, you know, on top of, of course, the coaching staff getting him ready. Sure. Absolutely. But he's been fabulous. and I, did. W- I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it develops. But, Bryce, any thoughts about, you know, at the end, you know, I really want to tell our fans to reach us, you know, they can reach us on Twitter at Motor City Hoops. They can reach us on Instagram at Motor City Hoops Pod or on Facebook at Motor City Hoops. We still have the giveaway for Killian Hayes. I think we're going to keep it one more week for you guys. Uh, make sure you guys share it. Go to our Facebook, share that giveaway, comment on it, tag a few friends, and, uh, you know, at some point next week, we're going to announce it online, uh, probably via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. But if anybody has any questions, please, like, reach out to us we would love to chat you know on Twitter Bryce is always active on Twitter I'm active on Twitter on my personal account
2: blow blow us up on Twitter I love that interaction I try to live tweet you know during the games and, and not necessarily what's going on in the game but just interact with fans and send questions i i today on the podcast i i I didn't i use material from conversations i had had with different people on twitter so give us a a follow um direct message or just ask a question about things you want us to talk about on the podcast and if you listen you know help spread the word about us if if you uh if you like what you hear so far and I, i just want to say vlad through five games regular season games i'm having a blast watching this team You know, we we bought NBA League Pass. You bought NBA League Pass for us so we could watch this. I'm watching it on my cell phone, and I'm just having a blast watching this team play, the energy, and then interacting with people on Twitter. So it's been a blast so far this year.
0: Absolutely. We have a ton of fun. So this is – we're just having a ton of fun doing this, and yes. we would love to have your questions. You know, if you have ten questions, sh- shoot them, and we'll try to respond to all of them, or at least half of yes. them. Or I don't know, whatever it is, we can interact with We can, respond, we with can, our can fans. even respond. We can even respond live. You know, we'll we'll, we'll read out your question. You know, Bryce will, will say, "Hey, we got so and so." You know, we'll give you a shout out, so and so, with this username. You know, they wanted to know this, and yes. we'll make sure we respond to you. So we we love you know fan interaction. We've both, uh, you know, Bryce, the coach. I'm, a, I'm still a player. You know, I'm, I'm going to go into coaching. So we're, we're part of this basketball community. And, you know, we love fan interaction. As a player, as a coach, you love that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So uh, please, please reach us out. You know, like, like I said, again, I'm going to read it out. You know, Twitter is Motor City Hoops. Instagram is Motor City Hoops Pod. And then Facebook is Motor City Hoops. So, you know, just... Reach out with any questions or any feedback to. We're okay. Negative, positive. We're used to it. You know, yeah, like I said, we can take it. We can take it. <laughs> yeah, constructive constructive criticism, right? So yeah. hey, we both played uh, for <laughs> Jeff
2: Jones, so we took plenty of that. <laughs> Shout out, JJ. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. This was episode seven, and uh, go Pistons tomorrow. We got a tough one against uh, against Boston, and uh, hopefully, I was right. We're we out with a win. <laughs> exactly. Yes, sir.
1: get started
0: thank you for listening to the motor city hoops podcast catch you on the next one